All right, my friend, let's do this once again. Welcome to the Insurance and Injury Law Show. The numbers to get a hold of Savan, simple 416-216-5910. You can email Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Insuranceandinjurylaw.com is the website. So we always start the show. Well, usually we start the, <laughs> usually we start the show with the week that was, which I know you're going to get to. But right. uh, being the festive season, you've taken it uh, under your own tutelage to, to begin the show this week with a couple lawyer jokes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's the holiday season and uh, everyone is cheery or, or is trying to be supposed cheery. To be. So supposed to yeah. be, exactly. And I think it's a good time of year, uh, you know, to poke fun of uh, my profession, uh, being a lawyer. God knows there's enough lawyer jokes out there. So, uh, you know, All right, there, Dice Clay, uh, you have carte blanche. All right, there you go. So Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, an honest lawyer, and an old drunk are walking down the street together when at the same time they spot a $100 bill. Now, which one of them picks it up, John? I'm going to say the honest lawyer. Uh, no, the old drunk, of course. The other three are fantasy creatures. Hello! There you go. <laughs> All right, I'll stick with my day job, <laughs> as Lior always says. Tip your waitress, try the veal. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the week that was, what do we got? What do we got? Interesting okay, stuff? so we have an interesting case. Yeah, okay. we have an interesting case. A gentleman who called me up, uh, he, uh, he was walking uh, on a crosswalk, and uh, he was hit by a car that was making a left-hand mm-hmm. turn. And now this gentleman uh, is, is, is 49 years old. Uh, he, he has a broken elbow as a result of being thrust onto the hood of the car, uh, and he was taken to, uh, to the hospital. Now, the problem is that this, this gentleman is a mover. That's his oh. profession, right? So you can imagine uh, the, 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 the significance of this kind of an injury on him, being 49 years old and a mover. Now, here's the thing. He has no auto insurance. Right, he, he he doesn't drive, and so the question he had is, well, what can I do here? Uh, you know, can I get any compensation? Uh, the hospital discharged him the same day, referred him to the fracture clinic. In fact, this week uh, he, he's actually checking up with the fracture clinic. And so what I explained to him is this: in order to get compensation when you are struck by a car as a pedestrian, you don't have to have your own auto insurance. And the reason I say that is because remember, John, when we spoke before, I usually say that you're entitled to certain benefits from your own insurance, even company. if you weren't driving. Yeah, even, we, we talked about that last. Week. Right, exactly. Right. But what okay. happens when you don't have your right. own auto insurance? Well, in that case, you're entitled to those same benefits from the auto insurer of the guy who, or the person who hits you. Okay. Okay. So not only can you go to that insurance company for benefits, but you can also make a claim against that driver, assuming that driver is in fact mm-hmm. at fault, mm-hmm. which he is in this case, uh, for compensation for pain and suffering, income losses, which in this case are going to be significant, treatments and things like that. Uh, and, you know, we need to see what his prognosis is going to be, uh, but certainly he's going to have benefits that he can, he can claim from the other person's insurance company. That's a big one. It's, it's, it's so many times you've done on the show these cases where this has happened, and these people who are getting injured in these cases, they always have physical jobs. <laughs> you know, it's you never know, the case of someone sitting behind a desk, right? It, it's always someone who's going to really be affected long term by this. It's interspersed. And, you know, the problem is that a lot of times when you have someone, uh, let's say, uh, someone who works as a clerk or in an office mm-hmm. job, a lot of people don't realize that that kind of a job, you can't do that job either if you have tremendous mm-hmm. back pains on an ongoing basis. And so, you know, the typical uh, um, uh, argument that I hear from the defense side, from the insurance company side is, well, you know, you just sit at your desk all day. You don't do anything. You just answer the phone. If you have a little back pain or some migraines, that shouldn't prevent you from working. And of course, that's nonsense. That's absolutely nonsense. Some people are able to adapt. Some people are able to modify their job. They have an accommodating employer. But, you know, for the most part, if you have something that bothers you, it doesn't matter if you're standing on your feet or not. Of course, if you have a physical job, you're working in a plant, uh, uh, fast food place, restaurant, whatever, no. you're going to get impacted significantly. So in this case, you can just imagine what this person is going through, mm-hmm. having been a mover for many years and having broken now his elbow and potentially needing surgery. 
I, I, I've, you know, I, I'll be surprised if he's ever able to, to work in that profession again. So what is he going to do? And that's a, that's a very big dilemma for him and his family, and he needs to know what he can do immediately to get certain compensation. Let's get to that uh, second case just before we take a break here. What do you got? Okay, so uh, this is an interesting case. This is a lady who had called me. Uh, she had an accident in June of this year, and yeah. her husband, again, it's one of those cases where the spouse is the one who's listening and asked her to give me a call. Smart. And, and so she called me, and uh, I actually went to their home just prior to the show last week on, on Sunday, and I met with her and with her husband, and, and, you know, it's again, it's one of those cases where you don't have any broken bones, no tears, but she has tremendous back pains. Mm-hmm. And John, yes, she has a physical job. She yeah. actually installs cables. Oh, uh, and, and, not now. It, right, not yeah. now. And, and, you know, she's, she's mm-hmm. in her 40s, early 40s. Uh, she's got three kids, very, very nice people, very pleasant, very intelligent. And you can see that they are in a real dilemma. Uh, they, have, they have a lawyer that's supposedly representing them, uh, representing her. And, you know, their questions are, well, what's going, what's going on with our case? I mean, you know, we're having issues. You know, she has disability through work, which apparently they've not cut her off because they're saying there's mm-hmm. insufficient medical documents to substantiate her back pains, debilitating back pains. And I got to tell you, John, as I'm meeting with her and as she's sitting, uh, you know, by the table mm-hmm. with, with, with a pillow by her back, she, she's teary-eyed and she's in that much pain and she's taking pain medications it's just a, a tremendous impact on the family. And again, she called me because she needs to understand what her rights are. And I was very surprised that the lawyer that's representing her is not doing more. And what do I mean by more? Well, she hasn't been able to work since the accident, since June of this year. So we're not dealing with someone who was in an accident and you know was two days off work right. and then went back to work on modified duties and is earning income. Mm-hmm. This lady is off work now for six months. Wow. Why hasn't that lawyer started a claim already? I, I just, it, it baffles me. I, I don't understand. And guess what? What did that lawyer tell her? The lawyer told her, we're going to have to wait until the one-year mark to see how you're doing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about that before. Yep. You know, what is this one-year mark uh, that you know, lawyers tell people that before that one-year mark, they're not going to start a claim for compensation? Uh, when we get back after the break, I'll tell you what happened. For sure. We'll get into some slips and falls as well, and I'll bounce over to some of your emails. We've got uh, a bunch in the inbox. We want to clear out some of those today and answer your questions. It's simple. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And in the meantime, Savan's number anytime, 416-216-5910. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up. Talk Radio AM 640. And back into it we go, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, 416-216-5910. That is Savan's number, and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to some emails here in just a minute, but back to that case we were talking about before the break. Right, exactly. So this uh, uh, lady who was injured in June uh, with a car accident, uh, so remember, John, I said that uh, her lawyer told her that they have to wait about a year or so mm-hmm. before they consider starting a claim, and I said that was absolutely nonsense. For anyone out there who has a claim, uh, whether you have a lawyer or not, and you've been told, you got to wait for about one year before you consider making a claim for compensation, that's an arbitrary number. It's nonsense. There's really only one uh, um, uh, deadline that you have to worry about when it comes to making compensation for an injury claim, and that's the two-year mark. You have to make a claim within two years of the date of the accident, okay? This one-year idea that a lot of lawyers uh, keep saying to their clients that they have to wait, that's because the lawyer, what, what they're doing is they're saying, well, we need to see how your injuries progress. We need to see whether or not you heal, uh, whether or not, you know, it's worthwhile to actually pursue a claim for compensation. But guess what? If someone is not working for months on end after an accident, it doesn't matter if they broke their back, doesn't matter if, if you know, it's a tear or if it's a soft tissue injury, quote unquote, i.e. Mm-hmm. just back pain, neck pain, migraines. 
if you can't work, if you are in dire straits, if you have financial obligations you can't meet, your lawyer should start a claim immediately. If not immediately, then very quickly after. There is this one-year mark idea is something that, that I just I, I don't understand. So for all of you out there, if you have a claim and, and you, you're injured, press your lawyers. If they're telling you we have to wait for one year, why is it that we're waiting that year? Make sure you get the answer to that question. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca is the email. I want to plow through a bunch of these, Savan, uh, during this show because they've uh, kind of backed up. Carol from Toronto says, I slipped and fell last week inside a grocery store by the cash register. When I looked around, I saw blueberries on the floor nearby. It looked like a pack that had fell from a nearby cash register. I was very embarrassed and angry, but was also in tremendous pain. I saw that my ankle was twisted. I was taken to hospital and found out that I broke it in three places. Uh, very upset and want to know what I can do. Oh, boy. Uh, I've had these kinds of injuries before uh, present themselves. First of all, ankle injuries are very serious, uh, and it depends on the age of the individual as well. But mm-hmm. I can tell you that oftentimes they don't heal correctly. And there are repercussions for down the road. So we don't we don't know at this point if Carol is employed, if it's affecting her employment. Certainly, yeah. I can tell you that it's going to affect her for the rest of her life, no matter how the healing process progresses. And the reason is because usually you start having mobility issues down the road. Uh, you have arthritis, osteoarthritis, a whole bunch of these conditions, nasty conditions, which affect every aspect of your life. And, and so I, 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 can, I can tell you that if, based on what she's saying here, if she saw this pack of, of, I think it was blueberries that she said, you know, there's going to be a question here as to whether or not the the store did what it was supposed to do to ensure that its floors were were, were clean. And usually what we do in a case like this is we request the records from the store. They're going to have sweep sheets. They're going to have cleaning logs. And, and, you know, I got to tell you, John, oftentimes those are deficient. Oftentimes neglected, neglected. you don't have anything, you know, the, 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 the personnel, the store either did not record what they were doing or they just haven't done those things, Mm -hmm. in which case the store would be found negligent. And if that happens, the insurance company for the store is going to be offering compensation. You know, you mentioned that about people, you know, they sit back and they're not sure if it hurts enough. But, you know, and I've seen this happen with, with friends of mine, you know, they get an ankle or a knee injury and it's, you know, over time, it's not necessarily the knee, but it's affecting their walking. So now their left hip is out. And then from that, their shoulder hurts because they're all out of skew, right? It, 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 the, the, the injuries can continue just from that one injury. You right? know, it's, it's funny you say that because I can tell you when I was 14 years old, I actually ran over my foot with a lawnmower. Uh, not, not on purpose, obviously. Uh, it, it, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was not pleasant. I can tell you that. And, and until today, uh, you know, some of my toes are a bit deformed and it does affect my gait. That's what and I mean. that's affecting my ability to ride a bike bicycle and to run. And, and, you know, when I've done races, I felt that. So you're completely right. I mean, those kinds of injuries have repercussions throughout your entire body. 416-216-5910 or help at the insurancelawyer.ca to get a hold of Savannah anytime. Let's get it. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's it's like warm. It's really mild this, uh, this past week for Christmas, but eventually it will be here. We're talking about snow and slush. Not that you need it to slip and fall, but I want to get into some of these and questions that we want to ask you about that. Um, Someone slips and falls, they get injured. Do they automatically have a case? Uh, Can they, and can they always get compensation for it? No, no, you, you can't always get compensation for a slip and fall. And that's something that's very important for people to understand. Uh, I've had a lady once call me and say, you know, I fell in a grocery store and I said, well, what caused you to fall? And she says, I don't know. And so I tried to probe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. A- a- effectively, what happened was that she tripped over her own feet. Well, the store is not going to be responsible for your injuries if they didn't do anything wrong. I, I mean, our system of compensation Uh, operates on the premise that if someone did something wrong, if they were negligent, then you get compensation. Not for clumsiness. Not for clumsiness. Exactly. Not for (laughs) clumsiness. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, if, if, if... 
you know, there's something on the floor, like like that lady, uh, Carol, that emailed us, uh, uh, you know, a pack of blueberries. I mean, obviously, that should not be there. Yep. And, and so, you know, it, it calls into question whether or not there was a proper maintenance procedure in mm-hmm. place at that time. Give us some scenarios for uh, slips and falls that listeners could relate to and learn from, possibly. Well, generally speaking, the type of slip and falls that I see, uh, you know, come across my desk are uh, inside stores, uh, slippery uh, conditions. Let's say it was raining and, um, you know, there are no wet signs and and you just don't notice it as you're walking in, you know, you you slip and fall right at the entrance. Exactly. Uh, You have situations as well inside malls or outside of plazas and parking lots, uh, especially during the winter, obviously, Mm -hmm. when we're dealing with a lot of ice, uh, uh, slush, and, and a lot of times when there's hidden ice, when you have a very thin layer of snow that's covering one of those areas. Right. And again, the question then becomes, who was responsible for that area? Uh, you know, oftentimes, it's not actually the occupier. It's, it's a, so if, in a plaza, for example, in a parking lot, oftentimes it's not the plaza owners. It's the people who, are, who contracted to exactly, clean this right. You got it. And, and, yeah. and, and so what happens is you find out that those people uh, either did not attend the, uh, at the property when they should have mm-hmm. uh, or, or they didn't use the, you know, as much salt as, as they needed to use. Right. There's a reason why you slipped and fell. But again, keep in mind, our courts have also said that this is Canada. You, can, you should expect ice and expect snow. The question is what's reasonable and what's not and whether the area was maintained reasonably. We'll talk about more in Slip and Falls. You want to send us an email in that regard or anything else, Savan will answer that today as well. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. And his personal number, you can call him anytime outside of show hours as well. 416-216-5910. The Insurance and Injury Law Show continues. Talk radio, May M640. Get to some more emails here very shortly. The address is help at the insurancelawyer.ca and Savan's number, 416-216-5910. You can call that, leave a message anytime. He will uh, we'll get back to you. We were talking about Slips and Falls. Let's continue on with that, Savan. Um... When should you report a slip and fall then? Well, if in fact you're injured, mm-hmm. uh, you should report it immediately. Uh, whether it's in the store, in which case you call, uh, you know, you call over an employee and, and you ask for the manager, you make sure you fill out an incident report, ask for a copy if you can. If someone is with you or if you are able to, make sure you take some photographs of whatever caused you to fall. Uh, again, a lot of times, John, you're, you're so injured, mm-hmm. uh, things happen that you know, your concern is your health, which it should be. And oftentimes you'll be carried out by, uh, you know, by stretcher, uh, which, you know, is unfortunate. So in that kind of situation, you have to, again, make sure that you notify the, the, the right people at the right time. Uh, you know, if, if you're dealing with, uh, with a plaza, for example, or a mall, again, you make sure that uh, you try to notify the right people, the management company or whoever's responsible for the area within a day or two if you can. If not you, then someone on your behalf should mm-hmm. do that. And, of course, we talked about that before. If it's a sidewalk... If it's an area that's controlled, maintained, owned by a municipality like Toronto, Mississauga, whoever, uh, you make sure that you notify the clerk. You can just Google, you know, City of Toronto clerk. Within 10 days, Within 10 days, exactly. Key, very, very important. If you don't do that, your claim may be prejudiced. You may have a difficulty down the road bringing a claim for compensation. How about it's, uh, it's winter time, and I mean, there's a lot of people listening that are in this situation. They rent a basement apartment. They got stairs down to their door, and boom, 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 there's ice. Now, the second part of this I'll ask you is, number one, if you just slip and fall and you're the renter of such a place with a landlord, or what happens if you are expected to be the one that's supposed to put down salt and clear your own walk? I mean, two different scenarios? Right. So, a very, very interesting question. And in fact, we do have those kind of situations happen. You know, it really depends on who's responsible for those stairs. If it's the landlord and the landlord didn't do their job, obviously you have a claim as against the landlord. And I've had those cases before. Wow. And, and, you know, 
the problem is that the relationship obviously gets soured. But what happens if your injury is serious, like like an ankle fracture? And I've had a case actually in the past where I had an individual who, uh, you know, used to work as a nurse uh, on her feet the whole day. And she suffered an ankle fracture because the landlord did not do what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Didn't put any salt, sand, uh, and and in fact, he knew that there was a problem. That there was that there was a, a drainage issue in the area that was forming ice. And in fact, my client had told him quite a few times that this was an issue. Uh, but again, you know, she came home late that one evening. It was dark outside. Incidentally, the light wasn't working, and uh, she slipped and fell, and again broke her ankle. So, in that kind of a scenario, if the landlord is responsible, the landlord is on the hook, okay. which means that the landlord's home insurer is going I to be see. responding to the claim. You, uh, you know, what do you do after you report a slip and fall? And the insurance company for the store or the mall they call you. I think I probably know the answer. Should you even speak with them? You should not. Right. Gotcha. You should not. Very, very yeah. important that you should not. And the reason you should not is because what they're going to want is they're going to want to come and meet with you and get a statement. And what is that statement going to do? It's going to give the information that you obviously have to convey. But most often, in fact, in almost, I would say 99% of the times that I've seen, uh, the adjuster is the one who actually writes out a statement. Mm-hmm. And so the adjuster picks the words. And the words may seem completely uh, innocent to you, but it's the way things are phrased. Right. And again, I'm not saying that you know they go in there for the purpose of trying to screw you, John. But I they're mean, pros at this, They're pros right? at this, exactly. Yeah. They're there to minimize liability, minimize your ability to seek compensation. Right. And so if you are injured, you do not talk with the insurance company for whoever injured you. Because their goal is not to compensate you. Their goal is to minimize the exposure uh, if in the future you're going to make a claim as against their insured. Well, you made that, I mean, you've made that reference a few weeks ago. One of the, uh, one of the classic ones is, you know, in the subway, they call them and say, well, how, how, what calls your fall? Right. I don't know. Bad words. Bad words right Very away. Very bad words. Because right? it's too words. ambiguous to put blame on them in that Absolutely. case, right? Exactly. Right. Right. So, so it's how you say something. Yep. It's not necessarily, you know, it's, it's a delivery of the message. Uh, words have meaning. Words mm-hmm. have a lot of content. And what may seem to you like a very simple word is not really, uh, you know, in, in, in the insurance world, in the legal world, may not necessarily translate into what you think. 416-216-5910 and help at the theinsurancelawyer.ca. I'll get to one before we break. Uh, Jeff from Pickering says, my son was in a serious car accident on his way to work on Highway 48 about five months ago. He broke three ribs in his collarbone. He's got two young kids at home. And he says he hasn't been able to get back to work yet. He's a mechanic, again, physical job. He's worried about money. And his lawyer keeps telling him that it's, uh, it's too early to sue the driver that caused the accident. What do you think? Too, er- I, I, too early. Too <laughs> I, er- I mean, listen to the injuries that he's describing. This guy is not going to work as a mechanic, not now, not a year from now, not with these kinds of injuries. I don't have to be a doctor to tell you that. I mean, this is insane. He should not be waiting. His lawyer should be doing, uh, should be issuing a claim immediately. Discussions should start now. He should start collecting the the the, the necessary documents from from um, the son's doctors, who uh, the hospitals, whoever's treating his son. And, and he needs to get on it right now. Uh, you know, listen, John, he's going to be entitled to certain benefits. We talked about that. Whenever you're in a car accident, you can't work, uh, you have auto insurance, you're going to be entitled to income replacement benefits. How soon? Uh, very soon. Not within Not the first seven months. days. No, 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 no. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, I'm pretty sure, I'll be very surprised if, if his son is not actually getting any benefits. I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the larger claim, the larger portion of this claim, okay. which is the claim that the son has against whoever caused the accident. That's the claim that should have started almost immediately with these kinds of injuries. Now, sometimes, sometimes, it, you know, we need to do our due diligence. I mean, listen, I don't start a claim the same day that a client comes to me because right. I have to make sure everything is done correctly. 
And when I speak with my lawyers, with my team, when we review a case, we, we do things by the book. You got to do it step by step. So as an example, let's say you slipped and fall. Let's use that example mm-hmm. on a property. I don't just go and, and you know, look at the sign uh, outside of the plaza and, and, you know, just start a claim against whoever, you know, the name on that sign. I do a property search, a formal property search that then tells me legally who, which company or which entity is responsible or owns that area. Okay. Then I do a corporate search. And what that does is it tells me the identity or the information about that company. So when we start a claim, we know exactly against whom we start these claims. Mm-hmm. You know, the amount of times as a defense lawyer, when I was working for insurance companies, that I had seen these things bungled up. I seen lawyers you know, making claims against the wrong entities and then having to amend those claims. And they would drag out the process. In fact, that's one of the reasons why some of these claims would take years and years to resolve because they were not started correctly from the beginning. So low-hanging fruit, you could just pick them off, right? Right, exactly. Except that it's not. Except that it's not. Exactly. We'll take a short break. The number is 416-216-5910. That is Savan's direct number. You want to email. We'll get to more of those this afternoon as well. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show on the way on Talk Radio, AM 640. And and we'll get right back into it here, the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Indeed, it is uh, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca to send us an email. And Savan's direct number right on his hip, 416-216-5910. That works outside of show hours as well. I want to get it. Well, I mean, we, we just wrapped up the last segment talking about a car accident. So I want to get into some of those because it's that time of year where they happen more often than not. What was it, that snowstorm we had a few weeks ago? One every three and a half minutes yeah, or something? Yeah, three minutes. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. That's and insane. it's not going to be the last time it happens this winter. I can nope. pretty much guarantee it. So uh, if someone's injured by a car, they're crossing the street. Now, what benefit? You touched on this at the beginning of the show, but what benefits can they get if they're if they're walking across the street? They get nailed by a car. So there are various benefits that you can get. So just like that gentleman that I talked about uh, who had called me, uh, you know, if you were employed at the time, uh, or, or you know, you have a work history and you can't work now, you're going to be entitled to income replacement benefits. Mm. Those are maxed out at four hundred dollars a week. There's a formula that the insurance company uses to calculate that. Okay, it's 70% of your gross income. And, and there's ways that they look at that, and yep. depending, you know, if you're self-employed or if you're employed, uh, uh, you know, by, by a company. But so income replacement benefits, very, very important. That's key. Uh, it, you know, you're going to have treatments and rehab, and it depends on the kind of injury that you have. If, if you have a fracture, if you have a tear, full tear, if you had certain serious injuries, you'll have up to $50,000 of medical rehabilitation benefits available to you. If you don't have that, then you have less benefits uh, from that context. But there's other benefits too. There's caregiver benefits. If you have kids, you know, th- there's a variety of other types of benefits which you should be aware of. Uh, and again, it's very fact specific. But yep. what's, what's even more important is not only those benefits, it's what kind of a claim you may have uh, or your loved one may have as against whoever caused the accident. And that's usually the larger part of the claim. And that's something that, you know, I, I usually, um, you know, try to speak with the individual about because, you know, getting certain benefits right now, that's all well and good, but it's into the future that we are looking, especially when we're dealing with injuries that are, you know, injuries that are very serious mm-hmm. and, and, and likely permanent. Uh, so, a, a, again, when we're looking at those kinds of claims, income loss into the future. What happens if you're back to work but you're now accommodated and you have no idea for how long you're going to be accommodated. Maybe your employer is not going to want to uh, accommodate you forever. So what's going to happen you know, with that? What's going to happen with any um, 
uh, things around the home in terms of, of, uh, of modifications to your home that you may need because you can't walk properly or you can't stand properly or take a shower or shower, something, right? Exactly. Yeah. All yeah. these kinds of things. Everything has to be accounted for. Right now, Housekeeping are, help, and et cetera. Are all these benefits first going to come out of your insurance, even though you're walking, if you have a car insurance? Do they go to you first or do they go right to the person who hit you? Some benefits are going to go through your insurance company okay. and, and those are usually fairly quick. They're usually within a few weeks you start getting them, like income replacement benefits. Will that affect okay. my rates? I know you're not an insurance broker, but generally have you seen in history or not? You know, generally, I, I can tell you from my experience, and again, you're right, I'm not a broker. Uh, if it's not your fault, it should not affect your rates. Okay, okay. It, It's really that simple. And certainly when I was in that situation myself, it did not affect my rates. This this may seem crazy. What if someone's riding their bike and this happened? Does it make a difference? doesn't make any difference okay. whatsoever. Okay. And, and again, the question is, uh, you know, does that person have their own auto insurance? Uh, doesn't matter that they were not driving a car at the time, but do, do they have their own? If they have their own, they're going to get you know, those accident mm-hmm. benefits through their own insurer. Uh, but again, they're going to have a claim against the driver that hit them right. if that driver is at fault for the accident. Gotcha. 416-216-5910, Savan's number, or help at insurancelawyer.ca. Uh, someone's in a car crash, and the other driver, big one, was charged with, uh, let's say, drunk driving or dangerous driving, like seven. But what's the difference? What happens? Well, the problem with those kinds of cases, I mean, it's not a problem for the person who's injured. It's, okay. it's a problem for the person who, who you know, caused the accident. Uh, they're likely, they've likely breached their policy, which means that they're not protected now by their insurance company. It, it means that, uh, you know, if, if before you had a million dollars to protect you, if you were at fault yeah. for the accident, uh, now your insurance company is going to take the position that you've breached the policy and, and it's going to cause issues in, in, in the claim. It means that you as the person who's injured, you now have to notify your own insurance company. Remember, we talked about that a few shows ago, John, okay. that in a case where someone has no insurance yep. or has you know, less than the insurance that they were supposed to for whatever reason, or if they simply got away, if, if they, you know, uh, it's hit a run, hit run type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can always get the same compensation from your own insurance company. It's a safety net. So it's not an issue. I mean, if, if you know, you're out there and you've been injured by someone who was drunk or there is an issue with their insurance, it doesn't mean you don't get compensation. It just means that we have to do something else. We have to involve your insurance company in the claim. I want to get to a, a couple emails, as I mentioned, help at the insurancelawyer.ca. It's uh, Sandy from Newmarket says, I was driving home two weeks ago, two weeks ago, and was stopped at a red light. 18-wheel truck hit me from behind. Wow. And I was pushed onto the intersection where a car coming from the west side crashed into me. So you can picture it. Uh, the firefighters had to pry open the door, jaws alive, to get me out. I banged up my right knee and was told that I will need to have it replaced. Uh, she says she's very worried. I've been a nurse for 25 years, and I don't know if I'll be able to do my job. And she's only eight years away from retirement. Very worried. Please help. What do I do? Well, this is one of those claims, I can tell you right now, that I would start the claim against the uh, driver of the 18-wheel truck uh, within a week or two of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know, Speaking with this individual, with uh, Sandy, uh, this is this is a major claim. And and by the way, whenever you're dealing with a rear-end collision, someone hits you from behind. Almost always, I'm never going to say I'm never going to say 100, yep. but almost always, that driver is going to be at fault. Now I know that that seems like common sense, but believe it or not, I had a case once where my client was rear-ended, and one of the allegations that were made is that my guy actually cut off the other gentleman who had rear-ended him, and then press the brakes, uh, you know, really fast. So right. if you're not, remember we talked about the fact that, you know, if somebody's tailgating you, you do not want to slam on the brakes. If you cause an accident, you're going to be held partially at fault. 
So I tell people, don't do that. Just get into the to the next lane. Just avoid it all together, right? Together. Wow, no so, kidding. So yeah, getting back to Sandy, okay. very yep. serious injuries, a knee replacement, major, major mm-hmm. issue. And, and what I've seen with other knee replacement situations is that you're going to need revision surgery in the future, okay. whether it's 10 years, 15 years. She's never going to be the same. Now, I have no idea what Sandy's pre-accident history is like. I'm not sure if she had other issues because that's going to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. But listen, if she's been working for 25 years as a nurse, she's eight years away shy from, from retirement. Right. Wow, she's got a big claim here. So yeah. Sandy, give me a call off air and you know we'll chat about your case. I'll give you all the information you need. Uh, y- you definitely need all the information to make the right decision on how to proceed. Sandy, that number, 416-216-5910. 416-216-5910. And email help at the insurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to more emails and continue on with more car accident stuff and some other types of claims right here in the Insurance and Injury Law Show and Talk Radio AM640. And right back at it, the Insurance and Injury Law Show here on Talk Radio AM640. It is a good show. It's information you need. Savan's number, 416-216-5910. And to uh, throw us an email, it is help at the insurancelawyer.ca. We left off. We'll get back into a little more uh, stuff as it pertains to car accidents here, my friend. Now, you mentioned this before, but uh, what do you do? What can someone do if you're in a car accident and someone fled? They took off. Okay, so we're dealing with a, with a very similar scenario to the breach of the policy or mm-hmm. having no insurance. Again, if someone just took off, it's a hit and run, you, you obviously make sure you get checked out physically. Okay, you go to the hospital. If you're injured, make sure you go to the doctor. Make sure you notify your insurance company ASAP. Make sure that there is a report that's filed. Uh, call the police if, in fact, it's a, it's a serious accident. Make sure you have a copy of the police report you will be uh, entitled to compensation from your own insurance company, both for accident benefits, so those benefits like the income replacement benefits and uh, treatments and all that kind of stuff, as well as a claim for compensation. For that to happen, we have to be able to show that there's physical damage to your car, which oftentimes there is. Otherwise, how would you get injured? Right. Uh, but you know, certainly, even if someone has fled the scene, uh, as long as, as you know, we can show through damage to your car that, in fact, you were involved in a collision and you were injured, you're going to be entitled to compensation from your insurance company. Tell me a little bit about uh, certain types of injuries are worth. I think they, they, they sort of sarcastically call it a meat chart, like like broken ankle, back pain, tears in shoulders and stuff like that. Absolutely, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, John, uh, I remember the movie uh, Civil Action right. uh, with John Travolta where he starts the movie by saying literally what certain individuals are worth on, you know, in the eyes of the law and certain injuries. And, and unfortunately, you know, when, when we make these kinds of claims, all we can do is claim for, for monetary compensation. No one is going to put you back in the position you were uh, legally. Yeah. They can just offer compensation. So how do we go about assessing these kinds of claims? Well, there are ranges, and it depends. It depends on the age of the individual. It depends on the type of injury. Right. It depends on the impact of that injury on you. It depends on whether or not you had surgery or not. So I'm going to give you just a few ideas. For example, someone who broke their ankle and needed surgery. You know, a claim like that for pain and suffering, just for pain and suffering alone, okay. you could be looking at thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for pain and suffering. But guess what, John? What happens if you are a, a manual laborer? What you know, you've been earning forty thousand dollars a year. Uh, you are fifty-five years old. You can't go back to that job. The likelihood of you being to uh, being able to retrain is is not that high. Given you're not the even job that market. hireable now anyway, because you're 55. You right? got it exactly. So so what do we do? Well, in that case, the claim is not just for the broken ankle. You may be getting forty thousand dollars for your broken ankle, but you may be getting three, four, five hundred thousand dollars for for other losses. You know, like income loss or or you know modifications to your home, treatments you may need in the future. Right. Again, depending on the case. Uh, as an example, a torn shoulder, uh, torn rotator cuff. It depends. 
Is it uh, a partial tear, a full tear? Do you need surgery? You know, an injury like that could be worth, and I'll use the worth, uh, the word worth loosely, uh, $70,000, $80,000, $90,000 for wow. pain and suffering, uh, back pain, uh, neck pain, ongoing chronic issues like that. Those could be, you know, as high up as $120,000. Our courts have recognized that you can have chronic pain without any, any fractures, but that completely uh, impede your ability to operate, uh, to work, to do things at home, to do things with your kids. And, and th- those scenarios, I mean, you, you can just imagine what someone is going through. So the courts have recognized that uh, certain injuries will carry certain value, but it's not just the pain and suffering value. And when I meet with individuals and I tell them, they ask me, you know, what am I looking at monetarily? I tell them, look, we have to make sure that we look at everything, right. not just pain and suffering, but how does it impact you? How does that injury impact you and your family? Uh, you know, I, I had an individual once who, who had a torn ro- rotator cuff, uh, a, a very serious shoulder injury. And of course, he had economic losses. He had pain and suffering losses. But guess what, John? He was, at the time of the accident, in the middle of... Uh, 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 finishing his basement. He was building it. Doing renos. He was doing renos. And in fact, we went and we did a video of his basement uh, to show the other side, look, he completed half the basement. So what we did at that point is we, we, we had uh, three contracting companies, reputable contracting, contracting companies. Just estimate it? To give estimates. Wow, yeah, no and kidding. we averaged them out. And okay. we advanced that as part of the claim. And, and I, th- I think, I think that the amount, the average amount came to, I think, close to $40,000. And that was part of the claim. And it's a legitimate part of the claim. He can't do the work. How much is it going to cost to get somebody else to do it? So, you know, you have to make sure that you really account for all the losses. And that's what a lot of lawyers end up not doing, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially I can tell you when I did defense work. I I, got to tell you, I I saw claims where I would assess those claims in the six figures and I was able to settle them for the insurance company for five figures. Imagine how happy they were. And of course, but you knowing the whole time going, God, I would, if I was I on know. the other side of this table, absolutely, exactly. Yeah. Which is one of the yeah. reasons I decided to 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 switch sides because yeah. I thought there was so much so much money compensation that was left on the table that individuals were entitled to. Again, keep in mind, you're not claiming for something you don't deserve. Right. When you are claiming something and the insurance company pays, they're not paying because you're simply asking because they're being yeah. good. It's not a lottery ticket. It's not a lottery. T- no, right. the law allows you to make that claim. The law gives you the right to seek that compensation. You just have to make sure that you have someone on your side that understands all aspects of that compensation and can really ask for all the components. And can sniff everything out and make the, make the maximum of your case, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. And you're never going to get 100 cents on the dollar. That doesn't happen. No, but you know what? It, there's a difference between making or, or getting 10 cents on the dollar and getting 80 cents on the dollar. That's the key. And that's what, you know, unfortunately, most people are not aware of. And how would they be aware of, uh, mm. you know, of it? I mean, you know, they're being represented by people who tell them that, we know what they're doing. Just leave it to us. And that's for a it. year. For a year, exactly. <laughs> and again, I, I want to make sure people understand there are a lot of very good lawyers out there. I mean, I have colleagues that I, I hold in very high esteem. And, and frankly, if somebody went to me and said, you know, that, that that person is representing me, I would tell them, you know, stay with that person. That person is fantastic. Yeah. But there are also a lot of lawyers out there who probably should not be practicing. We'll take a uh, short break. The number is 416-216-5910 to send over an email, and we'll uh, get to it hopefully by the end of the show. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up. Talk Radio, AM640. All right, to get to our final few minutes here in the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Anytime outside of show hours, just keep this number, 416-216-5910. 
and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Savannah, we'll get to uh, some more emails in just a bit, though. First, other types of insurance claims. Fill me in. Right. So, you know, as you know, we don't just do personal injury. We don't just do disability. I see insurance-type cases all the time. And let me tell you about a scenario, a life insurance case uh, that, uh, that came across my desk. This is a lady who had contacted me, who heard me on the radio, and um, you know her, her elderly mother passed away about two years ago after falling from a chair and breaking her arm. Oh. Now this lady had a lot of other issues, obviously pre-existing, uh, but you know she was hospitalized after the uh, the fall, and five days later she passed away. Uh, now about a year and a half later, uh, the coroner had ruled, actually called uh, the lady, the, the daughter, and, and said that uh, he had ruled uh, that the cause of the death was being uh, the, the fall, okay? okay. Uh, nothing else, just the fall and the injury. Now, the, the, um, the mother's insurance policy specifically mentioned that the policy, which is, by the way, for $1 million, is for accidental death from injury independent of all other causes. So that's the key phrase, accidental death from injury independent of all other causes. Mm-hmm. Now, actually, just, just this week, uh, uh, this lady, the daughter, called me and said that she got the, the final denial letter from the insurance company. Okay. And what's the insurance company saying? They're saying that they do not believe that the death was solely related to the fall. They think that there were other causes here, okay. right? And therefore, uh, the daughter is not entitled to the $1 million under the policy. Now, here's, here's the interesting part. What, what does that mean, accidental death from injury independent of all other causes? I mean, the coroner's report specifically says that the cause is the fall. So you Can know, they even argue with that at that point? Well, that's, so, so that's, that's interesting because yeah. we're going to see what happens there. But I can tell you, remember, we talked about this before. I mean, and that's the case all, 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 also for that uh, Saskatchewan case, right, with, with yeah, the $1 million yeah. baby. Yes. It comes down to an interpretation of the policy. If a particular provision or an exclusion that the insurance company is relying on is ambiguous, and by ambiguous, it means that you can interpret it in different reasonable ways, yep. uh, the courts are going to interpret that against the insurance company. So in this case, obviously, the entire claim is going to be fought over. What does it mean, accidental death from injury, independent of all other causes? I can tell you that my position is going to be that if the coroner said that the cause is the fall, the coroner didn't say it's the fall and what's ensued from that or any other issues she had. It's the fall. If that's what the coroner says, as far as I'm concerned, that's going to carry a lot. It's black and white, exactly. Mm-hmm. But they've mm-hmm. now cornered my client. They forced her now to come to me to make a claim. So you bet you we're going to make a claim. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'll tell you, they're going, to, they're, they're going to want to settle this case. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Give me another one. Well, we, we, have, a, we have a case that... Uh, you know, is is very very tragic, and that's a case dealing with uh, with an individual that I had helped uh, a few years ago uh, with a fire loss claim. So his cottage was on fire; mm-hmm. uh, it was destroyed, and I had helped him resolve the claim with the insurance company, who had paid full price for that property at that time. Unfortunately, you know, he passed away this summer. Okay. Uh, he was in his mid thirties, and his wife had contacted me, and he passed away out of the country. I think he's in Serbia. He was in Serbia. And his wife contacted me, and, and she was, uh, you know, she, she was completely, you know, in, in everything's in disarray. I mean, you know, she 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 doesn't know how to deal with with Absolutely. the insurance company. Uh, the insurance company is taking the position that everything looks very suspicious. In his, you know, he's in his mid thirties, uh, so you know they've gone as far now. The insurance company, in terms of their investigation, as hiring private investigators there in Serbia to speak with the person who was driving the limo 
who was car- that was carrying the casket. I mean, it's just wow. insane. It's insane what they're doing. And and this gentleman, uh, this this person, he passed away uh, you know, this summer. So we're now about six months post uh, death, and still the insurance company is dragging their feet. They're not hmm. paying out the policy. So when she came to me, I said, "Listen, don't worry about it." I'll send them a very quick letter to the insurance company and I'll tell them, look, you have until December 31st of this year. So we're talking about what? Uh, a, few, a few days from yep. now. Uh, you, have, you have until December 31st to confirm, are you going to pay out this policy or are you not? If you're not, you're going to get a claim January 2nd. And, and, you know, here's the thing. Insurance companies can simply drag out their feet. Once we make a claim, they have to respond, respond right. to it legally. And, and they can't even say we have a suspicion that something weird is going on. They can't. They have to show that something that, that you know, either he didn't die or something, yep. something is strange yeah. here that they should not be paying. They can't simply say, oh, we, we, should, you know, we don't buy into the fact that he died overseas and he was only in his mid-30s and he took out the policy the year before, whatever the facts are. If an insurance company denies your claim, they better have a good reason for denying it. And if you're in that situation, it doesn't matter what kind of policy you're dealing with, disability policy, insurance policy, whatever it is, they have to provide the proof and they have to meet certain criteria to be able to deny your claim. And they're, they're betting on the fact that most people, when they get the denial letter, will you're simply walk away. Yeah. And you know what? That's the case. Most people walk away until they hear the show. <laughs> We'll bounce over to a quick email before we wrap things up here. Mike from Hamilton says, I've been listening to your show for the last several uh, weeks and really enjoy them. The information you give out is really important and crucial for people to know. I agree. Uh, I have a theoretical question, he says. If someone slips and falls on my driveway because it's icy, uh, can they sue me? If they do, what do I do? Yeah, uh, very timely question. Mm-hmm, big time. Uh, yeah, they can definitely uh, they can definitely sue you. You have to be very careful uh, for for all of us out there who have houses, who have properties. Uh, you have an obligation to make sure that your driveway, uh, that that your property is is maintained. Mm-hmm. So if that means hiring a contractor or doing it yourself, putting salt in the ground. You have to make sure that the property is safe for people walking on it, whether it's, it's a neighbor that's walking on it, uh, whether it's the mailman. You, you got to make sure that, you know, you do that. And, and here's another little tip. For a lot of people out there who are um, not inclined to do it on, by themselves yes. and will hire a contractor to do it for them, make sure that you have a contract in place and a written contract with that winter maintenance contractor. Make sure that that contractor is insured. You don't want a situation where, for whatever reason, someone falls right. on your property, they make a claim against you, your insurance company then makes a claim against the contractor only to find out that the contractor doesn't have insurance, in which case you're going to be on the hook. So make sure that you, know, you take care of your property. You're definitely going to be uh, potent- well, you're potentially going to be liable yes. if, if someone falls on your property. Uh, but make sure that if you have a contractor doing the work for you, that they are insured. Another good show, my friend. We're going to wrap it for now. Uh, contact outside of show hours, simple. It's 416-216-5910 to give Savannah a call. And you can email them as well, help at insurancelawyer.ca. want to wish everyone a uh, happy new year. Make it a safe new year. And if it ends up being not so safe, well, then you've got the perfect number to call, right? right. Don't let it linger. Insurance and Injury Law Show, we'll do it all again next week right here on Talk Radio AM 640.